Hi guys, welcome to, uh, I think I called this episode 72.5. It might be episode 73 of Off the Crossbar, here with Kyle and uh, David Ochoa's number one fan. <laughs> Hello. This is uh, Mark Kastner of Sounder at Heart. Yeah, uh, that, it, that works. A guy, yes. uh, or in that Liverpool thing, I don't know, whatever it is. I mean, for MLS purposes, let's just say Sounder at Heart. But we do have yeah. like a nice Venn diagram of like Liverpool and like Arsenal, RSL, Sounders. I'll work on it later. I'll figure it yeah. out. I'll yeah. post it for you guys. We can we can all get it tattooed on our bodies or something. I think that would be great for all of us. Yeah, that's I've got some it. space open on my back that we can. I've got a whole. I'm empty. I'm empty. I got. Wow. I got a full body of empty template that can be used for all the horrible tattoo ideas I have based on Venn diagrams. I thought you were going to get the uh, off the crossbar logo. I've yet to get that actually. That was a good logo though that we don't use enough to be honest. Yeah. Um, um, designed yeah. by another Mark actually. So that's, that's pretty great. Heavy um, Mark influence on the pod. Yeah. Wow. Uh, this Mark notably is a Mark. I went to dinner with while I was on my road trip. So yes, we had very delicious Thai food in I plastic really containers. Good. I was going to say it had to have been Thai food, right? And yeah. surely enough, that's great. Thai food is the official food of this podcast. So, yeah, it is. When I actually had Thai food last night before the game, I pre gamed with some uh, Penang and some Nom Talk, and it was mm. it was great. Um, really set the stage. I, I, I'd say I made Penang Mark. two nights ago. So, I'm with yeah, you. well, that then that set the stage for my stage setting. Mark, did you have Thai food this week? I had Thai food. Like ten days ago, it was okay. Well, that's, now we know why Seattle lost last yeah. night. I had pizza, so well, yep, pizza's good. Uh, famous I mean, Seattle pizza, Seattle it, style pizza. Seattle, it does have famous pizza, but it's just not as good as other places. It's not. Mm. Yeah, what so. would Seattle style pizza be? We don't have a Seattle style pizza. We have uh, Seattle dogs, <clears throat> which is uh, okay. A uh, hot dog, not you, you use like a kind of a fancier sausage. You put cream cheese on the bun. Oh, uh, okay. Grilled onions, huh. sriracha. That's interesting. Tasty. To make it's it really wet, good. right? Like just like a wet bun. I think that's a Seattle style dog. Just moist, due to the <laughs> rain. That's definitely how they played last night. <laughs> it, that's yeah. for sure. That was a moist game for sure. Yeah. All right. Before we get to the game, I am curious if either of you have ever had a Sonoran hot dog. What is a Sonoran hot dog? It's I'm not, their I'm not hot necessarily dogs. a huge hot dog guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, Kyle and I are not huge buns guys. So, yeah. Yeah. It's Although, really too bad. Yeah. This is a celiac heavy podcast. It's true. Uh, so a Sonoran dog, it has onion, green chili, tomatoes, uh, Pinto beans, apparently. This one says mustard Ooh. and mayonnaise, which I think sounds awful. I don't know what it looks like. Either a huge, of those things. It looks like a Mexican version of a hot dog. Is that is that the idea? Yeah, more or less. There, you can get them all over Tucson if you're ever in Tucson. Okay, a little bit of. I have never been to Tucson. It's surprisingly and... like a pretty good city. Uh, it's not fun to drive around, but you know, Seattle isn't either. So yeah, no, <laughs> Bro, Most very very high right. up on the power rankings of not fun to drive around is. Seattle. So, all right. Well, speaking of power rankings, should we talk about this game? Yeah, might um, as well. Mark, I'm 
I'm under the impression that you really enjoyed David Ochoa last night, despite yes. any disappointment you may have felt from the game. I, Why don't you just tell us, like, how much do you love David Ochoa? That, I, I didn't have a David Ochoa opinion before uh, last night's match, um, other than just, like, he is an opponent's team's goalkeeper. Uh, I'm not, I don't necessarily follow the United States men's national team, which I understand he is in and around that setup. Or was, right? Well, yeah. Um, so I, I just don't really follow kind of like the international game. So I just pretty unfamiliar with him. Um, I know he's kind of been picked as like the Nick Romando replacement, <laughs> which I love Nick Romando. Uh, probably my favorite opposing team player ever is Nick Romando. Uh, so last night, I'm sure we'll kind of get into kind of the nitty gritty of the game, but just that performance in terms of like, um, getting under, uh, getting under the Sounders skin and more importantly, getting under the Sounders fans skin was just remarkable. Um, I've not seen a performance like that at, Lumen Field, Central Link Field, whatever you want to call it. And I've been going to games since like 2012, and that was just completely remarkable. <laughs> um, like up there with Will Johnson, like Will Johnson, both with RSL and Portland. Yeah, uh, just like totally remarkable. Like I, like I was so obviously people in the section that I was sitting in were not a fan of him pretty much like from the beginning of the first half. Cause he was taking like 25, 30 seconds, each goal kick. I mean, literally from, he started, <laughs> I think the 24th minute was when he first like came down from a pretty nonchalant, like fall, like yeah. grabbed the ball in the air, fell and then was there for a minute. <laughs> like yeah. he started that in the 24th minute of the game. It was. And, and then there was one where it was definitely in the second half because it was attacking kind of the south end yeah. of the stadium, which is where I was sitting. Uh, Jordan Morris kind of like makes an attempt at the ball, but it's it's just like he knows he's not going to really get there. So he just he just kind of stands still. And then David Ochoa like comes down, takes a step into Jordan Morris and then falls down <laughs> and then just like instantly is grabbing his hip. And I was just like, this this man is destined for special things yeah we talked about it in our episode like immediately (laughs) post game but like um i mean the listening to the broadcast was so funny because they were showing all of these moments in slow motion trying to figure out if david acho had actually sustained some type of injury (laughs) and they hadn't learned their lesson even by the end of the game so even when he was like going down they were like in replay we had Stu holden trying to break down the exact moment which Ochoa might have taken a hit to his knee or hip or leg or whatever. And then they're like, Oh, I guess there's not much there. <laughs> they kept yeah, he, doing that over and over. <laughs> he was, he was playing a game of chess. Sorry. My, you'll hear my dog in the background. Cause is it a cute dog? Yeah, it's a Corgi. She's, oh, she's very cute, but yeah, she's a uh, dog. can be difficult to deal with sometimes. Um, yeah, he, he was playing a different game, which I love. Like, I love that stuff. Um, and it worked, <laughs> which, which more importantly, uh, I think I, I certainly would have enjoyed it if RSL would have lost, of course. 
But right. I think I think it's even more special that all of that stuff ended up working because um, he only needed to make one penalty save to win the game. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he had what three saves over the course of the game uh, outside of penalties, and uh, none of them were difficult. They were easy saves. Yeah, well, they there was right at uh, him. There I'm was one sure. in the first half on Jordan Morris that was pretty good. I thought. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, that fair. was pro- that was probably the goal that should have happened. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll get. I'm, I'm sure I'll get into the Sounders' performance, but uh, well, yeah, and it's just like it, he didn't like stand on his head or anything, which I think made it even better because there there have been goalkeepers that have come to Lumen Field, and I remember a, a Quint Irwin performance that was just like insane. Yeah, like he just made some incredible saves, but it wasn't anything like that. So <laughs> no. So let's let's talk about that Sounders performance because uh, as an outside perspective from me, I said that like I'm the outside perspective. I don't know. Um, I I expected better, um, and I expected uh, some players to play that were clearly on the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ladero, uh, Rui Diaz are the two that. I mean, they're they're the big Sounders names that ever in the in the league knows, right? Yeah, yeah. And Rui Diaz went in at halftime. Ladero came in during extra time. Is that right? I think yeah. if I remember correctly? Yeah. So, like, what what happened there? Um. So Nicholas Ladero has been injured all season. Um. He's just been dealing with this kind of like ambiguous knee problem. Um. And. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I don't think he's made 10 appearances this season, which is kind of remarkable that the Sounders finished second in the West. Yeah. And, I, I and really could have finished first. I was reading. All, so. I was curious. I mean, I was just, just for some, uh, I was just curious what general Sounders thoughts were around that whole thing. I obviously saw like enraged tweets about David Ochoa, <laughs> but I were like, was, reading the subreddit and there are people that are like, I mean, <laughs> you can't, you can control what you can control and you can't, you can't, uh, you can't control what David Ochoa does on the field, but you can control the game that you try to play. And yeah. there were a lot of people like having that discussion, but, and then also someone brought up the fact that Ladero had played. I didn't realize how few it was. I, like when you said it's less than 10, I, I'm pretty sure it was like six or something. Yeah, that that I, sounds about right. Yeah. What I was like mind blown by that. I had no idea that, I mean, like, yeah, in my mind, he's just always there. Um, but I and know he, he wasn't been. there. Yeah, exactly. This has so. been like the first major injury he's dealt with uh, in the five seasons that he's been with the Sounders. And it's been pretty serious. It's, I'm not a doctor and kind of the, very importantly, I'm not a doctor, yeah. but kind of like the messaging out of the Sounders has just been like, he's just had knee swelling all year. Whenever he plays, his knee swells up for two weeks. And it just like redoes the damage. He's had two knee surgeries this season. Um, and, and so it's just kind of like he hasn't been there all year. So, and the Sounders have been pretty good most of the season without him. Um, you know, for two thirds of the season, four fifths of the season, they were in supporter shield contention um, up until this kind of end of the season dip. So, but Rui Diaz is the one that, is a little frustrating, I think. You know, Brian Smitzer said, uh, Sounders head coach Brian Smitzer said in his post game press conference that like 
he that's kind of the decision he was he would second guess if he had to go back because Rui Diaz ended up playing 75 minutes um, because he came on at halftime played the entire extra time and uh, took a penalty kick at the end um, so you think okay maybe if Rui Diaz is playing the first 75 minutes of the game or even 60 minutes like maybe maybe things go differently because Rui Diaz is better than Freddie Montero. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like, I just kind of think the game was the entire season as a microcosm. It's just like the Sounders have been waiting all year for the pieces to kind of come together and they never did. And that's kind of how the game ended up playing out. Like the, I think the Sounders played, just about well enough to win the game, especially in comparison to uh, how RSL played, but it just didn't happen. And it hasn't happened since like the beginning of fall, basically like the, it was, a, I think that last night was the, the seventh straight game. The Sounders didn't get a win to end the season, yeah. which is just, it's tough, you know, and they were good. They were good enough in every single game to win and they just didn't. And that's just kind of how the season went. Yeah, that's exactly how that game went. I mean, <laughs> the, the chances were certainly there. Like we talked, I mean, we recorded exactly 12 hours ago. After oh, the game. Yeah. Does that and explain the Pedialyte you're drinking? <laughs> yeah, I just, it's, it's in preparation also. I'm just, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So we, uh, like we talked about that and like, um, oh man, I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? I can't remember. I was on, uh, oh, um, about like just that run of form and the chances being there for, for the taking. Like RSL played well defensively and there were people that were remarking on, wow, like RSL is a very defense, a very different team defensively when they don't play with like one center back or whatever, which was what <laughs> we were doing for like eight of the last 10 uh, games we played or whatever. And yeah, it's almost like... Um, we have the ability to to play well defensively, and that was a good example. But I mean, like I said, Seattle had has the quality, has the the, the the better players, and had the chances. Just really, just the quality just wasn't there. Like there was the moment where Jordan Morris had that one, like outside the foot shot, where <laughs> that was a four on two breakaway that I mean just got held up too long. Ended with that weird shot from Jordan Morris that I mean could have gone in. I don't know how often he shoots like outside the foot shots like that instead of just taking it with his left all or, the time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that was weird. But I mean, and you, you could see just by like the people who were taking the penalty kicks, like how much more like offensive and attacking quality there was like f four or three of our uh, five takers for, of, of the or first five takers were defenders. <laughs> like, yeah. Justin just, Glad had the winning penalty kick and yeah. he's a center back. So yeah. And the one before that was a center back too. And our first one was our right back. And then our second one was our defensive mid, one of our defensive midfielders. Like yeah. you just didn't have the attacking quality on the field. Uh, but Seattle did. And I was, I, I was like, Matt, I was expecting more, but I mean, I, I listened to your, the, the, the podcast you guys did. I read Matt's article about it. And of course, I mean, there were concerns that you all had about like the run of form ending the season going into that game. And as you said, that was some microcosm for <laughs> that season because it was the, the pieces were there. It just didn't come together for whatever reason. And it wasn't just because of David Ochoa, although 
you did put in a good uh, personality performance, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, it's hard to be frustrated. Like I'm upset. This is the Sounders earliest exit in the playoffs ever. Oh, Um, wow. Which pretty remarkable, right? Or I think Ty is the earliest exit. That was the first time they've lost at home. Yeah, in, in the, the first, first round. round. Yeah. yeah. So I guess like if you're kind of factoring in tiebreakers, I guess that counts. But um and their home form this season was just awful. It's the worst season they've had at home all season or in the fr- franchise history. But awful by sounder standards, of course, because yeah. yeah, pretty good standards. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm not one of the <clears throat> I'm not gonna be the Sounders fan that comes on the podcast that's like uh, like I, I understand kind of the the standards that are set by this organization, and and as a fan, I'm very lucky to get to follow this team. So, with that kind of perspective in mind, it's just like it's really tough to be upset about the season. Like so many injuries. Uh, uh, Tom Bogart, MLSSoccer.com writer, did this thing uh, a couple weeks ago where he kind of tallied up the the production of each team uh, via their designated players. And the Sounders are towards the bottom in, mm-hmm. in terms of production and in, in, in just available minutes from their DPs. Like Jao Paulo, who was in MVP contention all season, uh, Seattle midfielder, he didn't play for a month before last night. Um, wow. And he, he played very, very well last night, I thought. But yeah. he just like he got ran into the ground towards the end of the season because Nicholas Sodero and Raul Rui Diaz hadn't been available. And it's just kind of like this team ran on fumes. Um, I think the, in terms of homegrown player minutes or teen, uh, at least minutes from teenagers this season, uh, the amount of minutes that Josh Atencio and Danny Leva and then some of the other teenagers played equaled the entire total of teenage minutes from Sounders history, <laughs> like wow. I, somewhere in the two thousands. Uh, I don't, I don't have the exact number. Jeremiah O'Shan, the editor of Sounder Heart, um, did some tweets, maybe even an article about this, but like outside of Deandre Yedlin, who played basically one full season, it like all hmm. of the minutes combined equaled this season pretty much. Yeah. Which I think so- sets, sets the team up well in coming seasons, for but sure. doesn't yeah, do much to win another MLS Cup. <laughs> that's what I'm curious about is uh, how how much. So the Sounders had a, a a generally good season until the end, right? Um, yeah. But how much of this is a, yeah. a building season and not a after after a couple uh, championship winning seasons in the last five years? How much are we looking at like an MLS style, not rebuild, but maybe refactor? Uh, a, a yeah, I think changing of the guard. I think in terms of the Sounders, a rebuild looks a lot different than other teams. Um, it's a Garth Lagerway rebuild. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know you guys are familiar with him. So I, I, I hope yeah. the people that are listening to this podcast kind of understand yes. where he's coming from. Um, so I don't think you'll see a huge amount of turn, turnover in this, this offseason. Like they're kind of the, the famous Sounders rebuild in 2013 saw like nine new players come in. Yeah. And at the time owner Joe Roth was saying, I'm not going to fire the coach. I'm going to fire the players. <laughs> and, and, and so that like that brought in Stefan Fry that brought in Chad Barrett, Kenny Cooper, you know, like 
that was just a massive rebuild. This, this I think is more like setting the building blocks. Like this season was always going to be a season of transition. It started this year, started with uh, a formation change and Jordan Morris was on loan to Swansea city. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course he tore his ACL again and, um, came back to the Sounders, but they were always sort of preparing for life without Jordan Morris. Um, that was kind of this season's goal was like, <laughs> how can we get the best out of the roster that we have and prepare for a future without Jordan Morris? Um, fate would have it that Jordan Morris is probably not going to get sold. Um, you know, maybe, I mean, he's definitely not going to get sold this off season, <laughs> yeah. but, um, I mean, maybe you could, I don't know, but now they're kind of, now they're kind of looking at things like, okay, we, we don't lose Jordan Morris, but we actually might, we don't know the future with Nico Ladero. So, so kind of the, uh, the, the principles are in place for kind of structuring the future without a key player, maybe. So, um, yeah, so I, the expectations for this season were sort of like, we'll see what we've got. And for two thirds of the season, it was like, Oh, you know, we could win the supporter shield and are entering the playoffs as an MLS cup favorite behind, uh, the new England revolution. But, uh, that is obviously not going to happen. So they didn't win either. They got to the league's cup final, didn't win that. Um, and I think the team is very disappointed to not have won silverware. But from my perspective, if you would have asked me in February or March or whenever the season started, Oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, if you would have asked me then I would have been like, yeah, if we're in contention, that's cool. But yeah. uh, expectations changed over the course of the season, and, and it is a little disappointing. So, yeah, that's fair. Well, how are you? How are you coping with uh, with this loss? Are you? Do you have any special post loss rituals? Uh, we will probably need one soon. <laughs> I do a thing whenever Sounders do penalty kicks where I don't watch. I was in the stadium and I turned around each time the Sounders took penalties. So I don't really know what happened. I know Kellen Rowe missed. Did Ochoa make a save? He I, saved it. Yeah. Okay. After guessing the wrong way on his first four, <laughs> he guessed the wrong way in the first four, almost saved the fifth from Ladero, um, but didn't and was very mad and screamed into the mics by the goal. And it was very loud. <laughs> uh, I, so in terms of like post loss, I mean, uh, I have worked today, so just working and I have two days off this week, which is nice since it's Thanksgiving. Um, like I'm kind of glad cause this season has been very weird. Um, it would have been really awkward to lose against Kansas city just because of what happened earlier this season. Um, that would have been a, an emotional experience. <laughs> and then if there was a chance that we could have, if, you know, things progressed, the, a, Port, a Portland, Seattle, Western conference final would have just been, 
uh, very vile. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, I mean, but then again, making a fifth MLS Cup final in six years would also have been cool. But then yeah. there's the opportunity that they lose the, the third one <laughs> after losing last year. So it's just like, it's just kind of like, well, I'm kind of glad I don't have to deal with any of that, especially in and around the holiday season. <laughs> yeah. So it's just kind of like, I'm fine. I'm really fine. That, we had such a weird, I mean, we recorded a, like a game day episode in preparation for, oh, this is our third day in a row of podcasting technically. Nice. Oh, yeah. Um, in preparation for the game. And like, I was feeling very, I, I again, like we, expectations have shifted dramatically over the course of just everything over the last two years, especially um, there's been a lot of downs and then some slight ups and then some unforeseen changes like Freddie leaving mid season um, shifted things again. And then everything, just everything has been a mess. So I, I was very much ready for, I, I, I took solace in the fact that we were probably going to lose. I, there was some comfort in like this ending because it's pretty clear we're probably going to have new ownership going into next season. There's going to be a lot of things that are different and we're just kind of ready to like wash our hands of the past. And that this felt like opportunity for us to really like <laughs> just die gracefully in a good way. <laughs> like I was like, like no one's expecting us to win. Like we'll just go and it'll, it'll, it'll be what it is. And if we lose, then that's fine. And I've maintained that like level of, attitude through the entire game to the point where I was just like laughing maniacally, like through the entire game felt zero pressure. And I was just like, couldn't believe how funny Ochoa was being. And like, you're never going to convince a crowd not to boo a player who's really annoying, but like yeah. you got like Ochoa is the, has just like anti-hero blood where that just makes him so much more annoying if you boo him and it's just going to keep getting worse. So just to see that escalate and through the penalties where it starts going to penalties and I start seeing who we're setting up to take penalties, I just couldn't stop laughing then either because I was like, no way, like this is this is absurd. Like everything was so absurd about it and I was ready for the book to be closed or that chapter to, to come to an end and it didn't and now I feel like it's just going to happen next week um and we're probably gonna approach that game in a similar fashion uh which is kind of funny to think about us doing a similar thing <laughs> again but i don't know what's gonna happen we still won't have albert rusnak and i think that was really i mean that was like the biggest uh that was one of the really th the, the things that disappointed me the most because we don't know albert albert's future with rsl yet like we can't sign him yet i guess we're waiting for new ownership. He's technically going to be out of contract as soon as the season is over. Um, so it's sad that we wouldn't see him again in an RSL jersey potentially. But yeah, I, I very much sympathize with the of like just feeling solace uh, and comfort and just kind of things being it just being a season that you're like expectations should be uh, they shouldn't be too lofty because you're just going to get disappointed and being fine when things come to an end because you can just accept the season for what it is and what it was. And I'm, I'm, I am ready to do that. And I was ready to do that. And <laughs> part of me has this like little sad feeling that I wasn't able to do that yesterday because now I like sporting Kansas city just really hates us so much right now because of what happened before. Um, and I get that, 
it's like all the teams that are in the in the playoffs right now. I mean, we're all in the Western Conference, so there's always yeah. some like level of rivalry. But the ones that are like left, it's like the rivalry teams for RSL. Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> so it's like Seattle, Sporting Kansas City. And of course, we have to go play there again. Colorado. And then, yeah, and then Colorado, Portland on the other side. It's like it's all the teams that there's just that there's there's not a lot of positive feelings about. But anyway, um, guess we'll see what happens i'm kind of envious in a way that you guys got to the end already because now i'm just going to be sort of stressed for the next one but well you guys like you guys you basically playing with house money so like it doesn't really matter and i I was joking with matt earlier this morning that i'm going to start a conspiracy theory where uh the league wants rsl to win MLS Cup because they own the team. Uh, <laughs> uh, so and- wait, actually, that that's not even you starting that. Someone legitimately plugged <laughs> oh that God. after the Kansas City game. We're <laughs> saying that like not giving RSL, not calling that penalty on RSL was oh, beneficial okay. for the league because it inflated their ownership or their value of the club. Because they're going to go to the playoffs. There were so many Sporting Kansas City fans that were so salty. And they like were just deep in the replies of like just some random tweets talking about how the league is purposely making RSL knock the Galaxy out of the playoffs. So. Wow. This is – I thought – that I could make something so ridiculous that nobody would believe it. But I'm sorry I, to tell you, I can't, I can't put it past them. I can't put it past Kansas City fans to be <laughs> absolutely insane. I know, uh, amazing people. A fun fact from last night is like this is the second straight year we've been knocked out by a team missing their star midfielder. Because <laughs> going into MLS Cup, Darlington Nagby tested positive for COVID, and this oh, was that's right. That last December when nobody was vaccinated or anything. So yeah. it, the stakes were much higher and certain personalities were blaming uh, MLS for dead bodies and stuff back then, yeah. which whatever. It's just been a long time. We've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to not having opposing teams, players be sitting out because of COVID because that seems to be bad luck for us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is only, I think we've only had one other player miss games for COVID. Uh, is that right, Matt? It was just Andrew Patna. I don't care about him. I don't count That's him good. as a player. <laughs> I was thinking about Everton when he had COVID, but they didn't really. So yeah, it wasn't really... ever officially confirmed, but yeah. yeah. Who was also out last night. That's right. For COVID purpose uh, protocols because he tested positive with Cameroon. Oh, uh, interesting. Which sucks. I don't think it would have made a difference. I'm not very high on new who this season. That certainly is. I, mm. I know I'm, I'm very alone standing <laughs> on this plank, but has he been playing center back on the, on the three man back line? Yeah. He's been playing the left center back. Gotcha. He started the season just, out of his mind like so good and i'd actually written last year because the sounders kind of had some interesting defensive problems last like heading into the playoffs last year um that kind of moving him to a three-man back line would be very good and he was and then he got injured and he just never Mm. hit those levels again um and it's weird like 
I've also been pretty critical of Shane O'Neill's play this season, but what do you expect from a Shane O'Neill level player? Yeah. And he was probably one of the Sounders three best players last night. Yeah. He looked great last night. He was, he was very dangerous. Uh, especially in in stepping into the midfield and like taking interceptions or causing turnovers and stuff. I thought he was great. Mm-hmm. He was, yeah. he, he basically played as kind of like an auxiliary defensive midfielder. Yeah. Um, and it worked really well, I thought, but um, yeah, but knew who was also out for COVID and he is a player that uh, has some question marks over his future. I think interesting in, in so yeah, it is. I, I am looking forward to uh, being able to put all of this behind us with COVID, and and it's it's fascinating to see just how much it affects like the thing we think of as entertainment, right? Or or like our passion. Yeah, and like last night, like to get into the game, uh, I don't know what the rules are like in Salt Lake. I there imagine they're they're a little different than here. <laughs> yeah. We don't have rules uh, anymore. I yeah. know. I know when Matt and I went to dinner a couple weeks ago, like we had to show our vaccination cards to get into the restaurant and that was a a, a different experience for matt <laughs> i'm aware i'm That's aware great. of only one restaurant in this entire valley that does that huh. but to like get into the game you have to show vaccination proof and then you also have to wear a mask the entire time and while uh, like i was sitting at the bus stop heading to the game last night and i was just like i was like feeling pretty emotional like it felt normal but at the same time i was wearing a mask to get onto the bus and there's yeah. a giant piece of plexiglass between me and the bus driver and it's just kind of like it's not quite there yet you know and it'll be it will probably be some time until it is but i would i don't know it's just very exhausting the whole thing is tiring and i can only imagine what it's like to play professional sports yeah especially like in and around international breaks and traveling like all over the world and all of the those protocols but yeah we for for the for rio tinto stadium there haven't been any rules (laughs) for people just going to the game there's been like there are certain things around like press like photographers media etc like wearing Mm -hmm. masks and having to be vaccinated for on the field um but like that's in contrast i mean it is an outdoor stadium but that's in contrast to like the utah jazz you have to show vaccination to get it to go to a game or a negative pcr test i think but um yeah it is interesting i bet there's no masks in there i think or you don't have to wear one yeah Yeah. it's all very uh it's all a a very much is still a thing um but there's good swaths of society that are pretending like it's not which is kind of (laughs) uh, makes this weird it's like this two uh we live in two different uh we live in two different societies yes i again i said earlier in the podcast i'm definitely not a doctor and i'm Certainly not uh, an infectious, infectious disease uh, expert, but yes, I'm very tired of everything that is involved with this pandemic. Right <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, I just like the it sucks, man. <laughs> it's it, and I, I would like this to not be the backdrop of a Sounders game ever again, which could be, 
Yeah. I don't know. I know we play we'll you see. guys in March, the second week. So is that our first game of the season next year, Matt? I think so, it's your yeah. home opener. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. We open the season against Nashville. Oh. Who I was kind of joking that it would be cool to play Nashville in the MLS Cup final because they're <laughs> coming to the Western Conference next year. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, I forgot about that. Which I kind of I kind of think Nashville's still going to make the final in the East. Uh but I'm not going to care anymore because the Sounders are not going to be in the final. I am I am Seattle's number one RSL fan though, so we appreciate it. Yeah, I I will be rooting for RSL just just so you guys have to deal with more games because I know you guys are ready to be done. But I think it would be funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, there's like there, there's no way we can win MLS Cup. So it's like. But then I see like videos of, you know, the team in the locker room after and they, they're incredibly stoked to keep this this run going. I see the video of Justin Glad's sister yeah. like screaming her face off, like realizing that her brother is about to take the last penalty kick or and potentially Dave, the last. David Ochoa walking around the stadium. Such, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just the vibes are immaculate. They're just so good. And especially for this time at the, like we, we had a lot of stuff in, in the middle of the season with like not a lot of David Ochoa stuff. Like he, he was in and out of the team quite a bit because there was international duty. He had stuff going on. Like both of his grandparents passed away. He was like gone for a long time. So we missed like David Ochoa for the, the beginning or the middle of the season. But it started, the season started with, of course, him kicking the ball into the wonder wall and all this oh, stuff like, right. with um, Adrian yeah. Heath. And then, so Minnesota has been like on the I hate Ochoa train from day one of this season. And then. Well, that makes was, me like him even more then. Yeah. Yeah. Minnesota <laughs> was very unhappy with him. Um, and the, 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 uh, like deathly projectile he launched into the stand and oh, nearly cool. killed like a good chunk of their supporters, which was wow. the soccer ball. That's heavy. Um, it was pretty tough. Um, <laughs> Maybe yeah, yeah, so it's 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 fun. Like the Ochoa bookends of the season are funny. Um, I'm just, I just wonder if there's anything more that's going to happen on Saturday against Kansas City. But Sunday. you got to hope so, Sunday. right? Oh god, I'm glad it's Sunday. But yeah, you'd really, yeah, I would hope so, and I'd think so. But I have no idea what's going to happen. No Albert Rusnak again is bad, so who knows? You guys played Kansas City in the. 2013 final, right? Yeah. Yes. That, you, you lost, right? That was the um, last time RSL yeah. had a penalty shootout against uh, oh. an opponent as well. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Last night had all sorts of feelings for me. Yeah. Well, uh, Sounders are usually bad at penalty kicks. I know they won 2016 MLS Cup in penalty. On penalties. Oh, yeah. That's in my mind. That's a, I was like, in my mind, uh, Stefan Fry is like a good penalty kick, no, he's which not. I don't think he is. Uh, <laughs> he didn't make I, any saves in that one. Toronto missed twice. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. So, I was like, in my mind, I was like, I swear. Like, he, he did make that one like crazy save during the game on the Josie oh, Alts right. header. That, that's kind of the image of that game. That's right. That was the game where the Sounders had only three sh- three shots none no on shots target. Goal. yeah yeah which is like i don't know if whatever you guys believe in in terms of like the universe and deities and stuff but <laughs> i think it's kind of funny that the sounders won a trophy and everybody said oh they didn't take any shots on goal and 
you know, for five years, the Sounders fans have been like, well, it doesn't matter. And then last night, (laughs) RSL doesn't take a single shot, like at all, which is just, I can find the comedy in that. You You know, I have to. I don't know what else. The Mel Brooks comedy in that. Like, I think I love stuff like that. And I'm actually kind of mad we even (laughs) had the one corner kick because it would have been funny if, like, we just had zeros across the board offensively, like, entirely. I like didn't yeah. even want that to happen. Nothing came of it, so we should have just given it back. It's I'm true. pretty sure. Uh, I'm so the Sounders took 21 shots last night without yeah. scoring. Three and I, target, yeah. And I would be very surprised if there's a game where they took more shots without scoring than that. Yeah, it was just it's fascinating. <laughs> I know nothing. I get apparently. I can do a lot of things that don't involve the Sounders now, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. More board game nights, I guess, right? That's my thought. Or yeah, uh, more video games and yeah, just more more time spent doing other stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, I know we're, we're coming up on time for you both to watch the Liverpool match. That's right. So uh, I suppose we should end this. Mark, if you are curious about how to watch this game, this is me trying to pitch to the audience without uh, pitching to the audience. Yeah, Uh, you can watch it on ABC. Okay. At one p.m. on Sunday, kickoff will probably be like one twenty-three because MLS is bad. That'll be that'll be noon my time. Twelve a.m. my time. Yeah, I don't want you to turn in tune in late. That'd be too bad. That would that would be very bad. I'm like I love seeing Kansas City lose. Like in terms yes. of like teams got some, that got some bad news for you. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> like Portland is obviously up there. Of course, love seeing them lose. Kansas city's probably, so there's Kansas city, there's LAFC, there's the galaxy. And then there's probably you guys like it's fair to finish out the like top five somewhere. Um, although I'm quickly becoming a softy for Salt Lake now. So that's very sweet. (laughs) Honestly, the LA teams, even, even like I I just enjoy, even though I don't consider them our like biggest rivals in the Western conference, I like seeing them lose more than I like seeing, even seeing our, like our rivals lose for whatever reason. I don't know if it's because it's just the general attitudes about those teams from like the league or media or whatever, or just their like, uh, seemingly uh divine sense of importance they all carry with them totally but it's just like i mean i'm a sounders fan so yeah <laughs> i recognize that being a sports fan is being a hypocrite but yeah exactly <laughs> that's how it goes all right, yeah, well, I, I will be rooting for you guys for the rest you. of the playoffs that's just my heart. seattle's number one rsl fan <laughs> thank you All right, well, uh, let's end this podcast, Mark uh, and Kyle, both. I hope you both have very happy Thanksgivings. And to our 17 (laughs) listeners, may you also have happy Thanksgivings. Adios. Bye, everyone.